1: double back-to-back episodes got him in here uh i want to get right into this uh, first of all hello I'm hello sure started with that Jesus it's okay God. i'm out of control man.
2: it's all right man. We're, we're recording uh, Seen you two days ago yeah very very pleasant
1: surprise <laughs> on the pitch <laughs> we got some uh we're playing soccer on mondays and uh dude i gotta say bro like i feel like i'm in pretty good shape like cardio wise with jiu-jitsu and the wrestling and I, I try to run like 10 miles a week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: bro. Every cardio to every sport is so fucking different, yeah. Nothing
2: compares to soccer,
1: bro. Soccer, it's like non stop sprints, yeah, like throughout, you know. And I and in that, and we so we play six on six, it's co ed. Got to have two girls on on the field at all times. We probably have the best girls in the league, it's the guys that let us down, <laughs> it's the guys that let wait, us wait, isn't down. it
2: seven on seven or my well, seven of- on seven with the goal, oh, yeah, six yeah. on the field, right? I got you,
1: and uh, dude, you're just like. So, and it's hot and it's humid mm-hmm. and you're running around and it's like damn bro just constant
2: sprints it's, it's... like you you, you clear the ball out you did your defensive work it's like oh great we got on the counter then you lose possession oh i gotta get in position it's yeah just, it's man. always a
1: responsibility you're like fuck man and that's you... why those throw-ins and set pieces take them yeah, yeah man <laughs> yeah for sure but yo i got you on because it's a division we're doing the division previews throughout the summer uh i did the afc west last week if you guys haven't checked that out that's with kenny king we had some issues on the zoom that's why there was no video for that Mm -hmm. but for this one the nfc south i like asking the people that i have on for these just overall not not a storyline because that's one of the four topics that we cover how do you feel about this division as a whole as
2: right now it's i think up there at the nfc north that's the most one side division there's in a notorious division where there used to be a lot of parity, there was once upon a time where a, a team couldn't win the division two times in a row until the Panthers did it between 2013 and 15. That was like the prime Ron rivera Cam Newton days.
1: But from when they first formed yeah. until then, there was never a repeat. No, time.
2: even when a team won a Super Bowl like the Bucks or a team went to the Super Bowl, well, Falcons were later on. But like, or, uh, for instance, the Saints in 09 won the Super Bowl. Then the next year, they didn't win the division. Like, it was just always so unpredictable. But now even though uh, the last year was their first year winning division in division quite some time. Because remember, the Bucks Super Bowl year, they were the fifth seed. Right. They were the wild card because yeah. they
1: lost twice to the Saints, right. and they beat them in the playoff right. game.
2: And the Saints beat them twice again last year, which crazy how Dennis Allen has Tom Brady's number like that. But I think you just look at the rosters. It's Tampa Bay, and then you know New Orleans is creeping around, and Atlanta and Carolina are in rebuilding soul-searching mode.
1: Yeah, so the Bucks. <clears throat> Uh, the Bucks entering last year were minus two hundred to win the divisions. The division I should say. There was only one team that had bigger odds for them to win the division, and it was the Buffalo Bills at the time going into the season. Mm-hmm. Um now they are minus three hundred. So just a little bit more of a favorite.
2: I'm shot sure that's not higher.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm blown away. Like I hate using the L word mm-hmm. in sports and sports betting like a lock, mm-hmm. but I'll be, sh- like, shocked if they don't win the South Division.
2: It would be catastrophic. There would be, like, five major injuries. You
1: need to have a Baltimore Ravens of last year's season exactly. where you miss, like, 22 starters right. go down. And, <laughs> and Jameis has to play,
2: like, an MVP level somehow.
1: It needs to be something ridiculous <laughs> yeah. for them not to win this yeah. division. But that, I kind of feel the same way, man. I, I think it's it's one team to, to lose. And what's fascinating, because it's the NFC, I feel – as if the Saints could be a playoff team mm-hmm. if Jameis comes back as a wild card. The other two teams, I just think, you know, mm-hmm. let's let's worry about next season.
2: Or in two seasons. Two seasons yeah, we'll from see. now. Because you look at the division, like, Saints are now recovering from losing Drew Brees and Sean Payton, Falcons, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. Like, you know, the faces of the division has completely changed. And, and I just think Carolina's front office has completely botched it the past few years both from a personnel and coaching standpoint, because I don't think there's a coach with uh, odds for first-fire coach than Matt Rule.
1: He's a favorite by, like, yeah, th- he's a three-to-one favorite. And I don't
2: know person. who else would be up there. So it's just the, the teams in this division have taken some severe hits, while Tampa Bay, at first we thought maybe was going to take a major hit, just reloaded it, and then I thought was one of the biggest winners in the yeah. offseason, not just because they got Brady back, but they made some pretty savvy moves.
1: Well, I want to open up with addition, and I don't know if this is going to be a weird one for you, but this is a guy that you know pretty well. I love Russell Gage going to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. He's a slot receiver. We know about Brady's rapport with the slot receiver. Mm-hmm. He's very reliable. I think he was like top five in the NFL in third down conversions last year, that set up first downs. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on him just as a player, but let me finish this real quick. And Godwin tore his ACL last year, so he's going to miss the like the first, I would say, he'll probably be a pup guy yeah. to start the season. O- almost certain he will be. And you have Mike Evans there. You're not going to have Gronk, who retired. We'll get to him in just a sec. But I think Russell Gage coming in as your slot receiver, all mm-hmm. reliable kind mm-hmm. of. and uh,
2: He can he, play on outside a little bit, too. But he's, I think, most effective in the slot because... Uh, He's really good after a catch. Like he could turn those six-yard hitches into 12-yard gains. Like he's very good with the ball in his hands.
1: So you add him as a safety blanket for Brady. Mm-hmm. And I think, for me, that's the biggest addition in the NFC South this season. It's a big addition, but it's not my pick. Okay, what is yours?
2: But to me, it has to be the homecoming, Tyron Matthew.
1: Oh, shit, I forgot about Honey Badger. That's right.
2: I think even though he's come off a bit of a down year by his high standards, it's a huge move, and I think the Saints are always a team that – Usually makes one or two splashes per offseason. After losing Marcus Williams, there was, you know, concern like, oh, how are they gonna reload? Because Marcus Williams was one of the true cornerstones of that defense. And now you get Honey Badger, big reunion. Some people are writing him off, saying he made too many mistakes last year. We know what a motivated Tyron Matthew could be like. So he's always motivated. I'm not discounting his motivation, but now he's got you got extra fuel for someone that plays with so much passion. I'm really excited to see what he does. And playing that Dennis Allen defense, which allows safeties to be a little bit more flexible, particularly on blitzes. Uh, I think he's, by default, the biggest addition.
1: Wow, that's a a strong-ass pick, too. Mm -hmm. The LSU connections, the New Orleans connections. I still feel like... He, yeah, he was getting a lot of heat, but a lot of it was also Dan Sorensen. Remember all the videos of yeah. just Tyron Matthews? Like, yo, what is going on? This dudes are running wild. Dawson Knox famously was just was like 40 yards open down the field, and Tyron throws his hands up. But I think what's interesting about him is he's a guy, like you said, when he's motivated, he's one of the best players, and he's just always by the ball. Like, yes. I am looking at that. When I'm looking at a safety or a linebacker in particular – More so like a middle linebacker, like how close are you to the ball? Mm -hmm. Are you getting spoofed on play actions or Mm -hmm. jet sweeps and all that shit? Like you're a guy that's always around the ball, you're always making plays, and the ball just somehow ends up in his hands a lot more than it doesn't. The Saints
2: are always one of those teams that force turnovers. Their defenses aren't the most reliable, but they are like their D backs just know how to punch the ball out, get the pick quarterbacks off. Like it's just an ultra aggressive defense, and I think his fit with Dennis Allen it could be a big one. Even though the Saints we know they're Overall, upside's a bit
1: limited. Give me some thoughts on Russell Gage just as a player before we really move on.
2: I think it's a great addition just based on the fact that he is someone you go put in the slot, but then also put on the outside. Like he because he plays bigger than his size. I believe he's only six one, but I've seen him make contested catches before. Like he can go up and get it. Like he, he's not a, doesn't not the quickest receiver. He's not like the big vertical threat, but that's what Mike Evans is for. For me, Russell Gage is someone the short intermediate. He's gonna eat, and I think it's kind of cool that Brady, ironically, was the one that recruited him uh, because Gage went off on Tampa Bay multiple times over the past two years. So I think that caught Brady's eye, and it was just it worked out that way. Like Brady personally called them, so uh, you know, the rapport looks like it's gonna be there. And Russell Gage is one of those guys; he's like one of those glue players that you could always count on. And I just think the culture fit is perfect in Tampa Bay.
1: When it comes to subtraction, do we have the same one? Got to be Matt Ryan. It's your boy, right? It has to be. Like, whoop. yeah, I put I put Matt Ryan in my notes, but I said Allen definitely has him. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I picked someone else though, just for the topic of okay. conversation. Um, but tell me about Matt Ryan.
2: Quarterback since 2008, fr- greatest player in franchise history, probably uh, just ultra dependable. Just someone that, regardless of how bad the roster is, he was someone that you know for the most part would deliver. Like Matt Ryan pretty much carried them to seven games. Like you look at the roster last year it was Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, Gray Jarrett, A. J. Terrell, you know, Chris Lindstrom, damn good right guard. But besides that, that roster was bare. And Matt Ryan, there was a couple games where he literally couldn't have played better. Like i will never forget the game against New Orleans that you know actually gave me some I not Sorry Cordell Patterson. Cannot forget Cordell Patterson. Shame on him. Cannot forget Cordell But Matt Ryan for most I thought what had his best year since probably twenty eighteen. And I think For the Falcons, you know, for him to be gone and then, you know, them replacing Mario, it's just there's no replacing Matt Ryan like that. So, especially
1: uh, I think the stability, right? He was a hell of a player too, and now you just leave the door open for so much uncertainty at a position where he provided so much certainty. Right? Like Uh, you know how I feel about what a franchise quarterback uh, is. Matt Ryan checks all the boxes on such a flawed roster too. Yeah, but I'm talking about for me. What I define as a franchise quarterback, especially when I take him in the first round, he's a top five pick. I want for the next decade plus, for as long as he's there, I'm not spending a first or second day pick on that position. Mm-hmm. Let me take someone in the fifth, sixth round and just to have depth, I get it. But to me, yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl. No shit. A lot of people don't win Super Bowls. Yeah. Right? But he had an MVP season. He was considered one of the most reliable guys he was always he put up good numbers. The team was competitive, with the exception of what, like three, four seasons during his tenure. The past few years, yeah. yeah well, was the tail that, end, yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm talking about like you know the Mike Smith heyday, yes, two Conference then. championship yeah. games. Yeah. There were they would have bye weeks. Mm. Like to me, he was the epitome of a franchise quarterback. Mm. And now you got Mariota coming in, who you know he's a gatekeeper, yeah. right? If that he's a bridge guy, which you don't even have one now. Mm. Got to see what happens with uh Ritter. With D- Desmond Ritter. Ritter. And we see, right? But to me, like, Matt Ryan is definitely the biggest subtraction. Mm. I, though, I picked Gronk. Mm. Because, dude, there were some games last year where, like, Gronk would come out to play. And it would be like, oh, shit, Gronk is still the best tight end of the league.
2: Just down the seam, bang.
1: Yeah. And just, like, so the numbers with Brady having him in and out of the lineup are, like, Mm. drastic, Mm -hmm. right? It's very, like, it's still Brady's still amazing. Let's not get it twisted. But it's like, oh, shit. Gronk is such a reliable piece for him inside the red zone. You go to the time that they were together in with Tampa Bay, they had the big – anytime it was a big game feel, Gronk always showed up, mm-hmm. and you knew Brady was going to go to him, whether it was a playoff game, whether it was a Super Bowl, he scores two touchdowns. Wow. Like, there's, it's his guy. It's his main guy. And him not being there, I think it leaves a big hole in yeah. something where it's just like, all right, all right, <sighs> Gronk is there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that sigh of relief for Brady. Yeah, I right. think he's massive.
2: Yeah, no, he's just one of the most dependable tight ends ever. And, like, particularly in the red zone, like, he is uncoverable. You have him and Mike Evans in the red zone, you pick your poison.
1: Put you on the spot. Best tight end of all time? Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah. I got
2: it. I just think he's just dominance wise. Like, he might not have the longevity of, say, Tony Gonzalez, but I think Gronk put more fear into defenses, and you really had a game plan for him. And even when you did game plan for him, he probably would still put up 8 100.
1: Man, he was such a yeah. hell of a blocker
2: too. Let's give him. You know, yeah, he yeah, made yeah. a difference in that run
1: game. Yeah, man. Fuck, I remember yeah. those some of those videos where just bulldozing like yeah. culty bees and chick- yeah. We even bees.
2: told after the catch too, like rock after yeah, catch.
1: Bro. And what about all the years where he would miss time because people would like start diving at his knees and yeah. Yeah. blow out knees and back. That, some that was shit. the worst,
2: but like what? Well, yeah, you
1: know, but still would yeah. be a problem even uh, coming back after all these injuries. Yeah, Jesus. he's had.
2: How I I lost count
1: how many surgeries he's had. Uh, he's yeah. had so many, bro. And, hence why you know he's retired
2: before. Now he's retired again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. Let's move over to X Factor.
2: I think it's the most interesting one. I'm going with Chris Olave. Oh. Because the Saints trade up fortune for him, and I think he's going to be someone that could be the make or break for the offense because it looks like Alvin Kamara is going to get six game suspension based on what happened in Vegas to turn the Pro Bowl. And you look at the receivers, we know Michael Thomas is a possession receiver. We know Jarvis Landry is a possession receiver.
1: He's the guy, though.
2: And look who the quarterback is. To me, it's going to be a weird adjustment for Jameis Winston when he's asked to throw eight 10-yard slants to Landry and Thomas when in reality he wants to push the ball downfield as much as possible. So that transition is going to be fascinating to watch in New Orleans, especially given you know, the first year without Sean Payton. And it just, To me, a lot of it has to be that at least that deep threat, someone that defenses have to account for because I think that's how Winston is most comfortable, even though Winston will have to start playing to the strengths of both Thomas and Landry, given that, you know, who they are. Those players are going to command targets. But if the Saints' offense is really going to go, like if they're going to win 10 games, Olave has to be a difference
1: maker. I feel like they haven't had a guy like that since... Gin. Again? I was going to say Ted Ginn, right?
2: Kenny Stills. Like, yeah.
1: They would have random legends. Devery Henderson. Henderson was my boy. Devery
2: Henderson. Like, guys like Devery Henderson. Robert Mitchell. Yeah, like, to me, that's what makes Drew Brees so special. He made careers there.
1: More, what was the guy's? Lance using? Moore, it's Lance another Moore, one too. Like, like he, like
2: to me, Drew Brees elevates so many receivers in New Orleans and got people paid. So,
1: bro, Marquise yeah. Colson? stud, yeah, stud. not I, I, that kind of mold. Yeah. But also, do what? I, th- I think Colson would have
2: been successful as Yeah, that's true. But the rest of them, I, I, you look at their careers, they didn't really do it.
1: Bro, I remember there used to be like. Just uh, every week was like sixty-three yard catch from Robert Meacham for a touchdown. You're like, where the f- what happened? The next week it's Devery Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, for sure. And they haven't had like a guy like that since I would say Ted Ginn. Yeah. And even that Ted Ginn was like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Ted Ginn on the Panthers. Remember no, Ted Ginn that, on the 10 Panthers good that year, was different. that was like probably the last. Like, oh shit, Ted yeah. Ginn, is close to a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. Or maybe he was a thousand yard mm-hmm. receiver. I don't recall exactly, but. Yeah, Olave, I think it's interesting, man. I like that pick for X-Factor because he opens up their offense so much more than mm-hmm. all the other guys. And then when you factor in what's good with Michael Thomas, what's happening with Alvin Kamara and this pending suspension, and just the style that Jameis Winston has, yeah, I think this is it's something. such a weird offense.
2: And no Teron Armstead either. You know, Not having that stalwart left tackle. We'll see how uh, Penning, I think, is their left tackle, who was a very raw first-round pick
1: um okay let's talk about my big x factor and i'm gonna cheat a little bit if that's cool with you alan i'm gonna combine my x factor and my storyline okay it's something that anytime we talk about the saints i always ask what's good with michael thomas
2: (laughs) damn so i'm surprised no bucks since they're the number one i guess no, nah,
1: because I, I think that one's, like, such an obvious call, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the Bucks, and to me, the Bucks, I think, are the favorites to win the NFC, mm-hmm. even more so than the Rams. Right. I factor in the idea of being the defending champion. You have the bullseye on your back. Now you're everyone's biggest game. There's always a little bit of a letdown from a team that wins a championship, especially now where the plan was. It was a two-year plan, right? We're going all in on these two years. But then you win it in year one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't recall this kind of scenario. So to me, I think Tampa Bay, if AB doesn't go ballistic, if the injuries don't go down, if uh, Tristan Wirfs is 100, mm-hmm. percent we don't know how that playoff game right. turns out. Oh, exactly. they they had a chance to win despite being down three touchdowns at one point. Yeah. So to me, I thought they were the best team in the NFC. Hell, I think the two t- best teams in the league were Tampa Bay and Buffalo last year, and they didn't even play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they didn't even get to their conference championship <laughs> games. So that's why the NFL is so wild and so Mm -hmm. difficult to win. Anyway, the reason why I say the biggest X Factor to me and storyline is Michael Thomas is because I talk about this shit all the time with him. He's had a very, very interesting career. And to me, he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Granted, I've talked shit about like the Slant Boy stuff Mm -hmm. and, you know, he doesn't entirely do it for me, but, you know, he set the season, single season record for catches he was a guy who came into the league, Allen, and correct me if I'm wrong, never no issues, never no. Came from Ohio State. Came from Ohio State, was a second-round pick, I believe he was. Mm-hmm. Comes in year one, 92 catches, 1,100 yards. Year two, 104 catches, 1,200 yards. Year three, 125 catches, 1,400 yards. Year four, 2019, age 26, 149 catches, NFL record. 1,725 yards. Mm -hmm. Then he gets paid. And then from there, it's like, we haven't seen this dude in a year and a half? A a season and a half? Because he plays only five games. 2020 is when the injury started. But then it also started like there was the beef with Drew Brees at first, Mm -hmm. with uh, Drew Brees' comments about, I, I think it was during the George Floyd thing. Yeah yeah and, and i mean the whole locker room was pissed the understand? whole locker so, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it wasn't just michael thomas you're right yeah. i don't want to just throw it all on michael thomas and rightfully so mm-hmm. it was like a read the room you yeah. read a four three four defense yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you know i mean but you couldn't read the room there but to me it was just he's had a weird career because he came in quiet all about his business productive team first gets money and gets like a big bag got like a hundred million dollars yeah. i think it was like 60 million guaranteed and then yeah the injuries started piling up but then it was sort of like Kawhi leonard in the nba how like no one knew what was good with him. He wouldn't talk to the medical staff, wouldn't talk to the team, and people were just like, eh, we don't know what's happening with him. It's Mm -hmm. like, how? He's he's your best offensive player.
2: I mean, I think he needs to take accountability for it, though. Like, to me, both sides just completely misjudged the injury. The fact that he didn't get that surgery in, what was it, June or July, and then pretty much cost him the year. Mm -hmm. It just, nothing made sense of it. Like, why was the surgery three months delayed and then end up costing the season? So, that was a really murky situation, but... I don't know. It's just you look at his stats, like everything correlates with Drew Brees because when even I want to say 2020 play like maybe eight games, ironically, the two games, I think he had 100-yard games was hilariously enough against the Falcons. And like Taysom Hill was one. I think the QB won those games, if not both. Like it was just like, really? But... Uh, the
1: pain in your face. I mean, it,
2: receivers putting up 100-yard games against the Falcons. <laughs> I've been seeing all my life. But uh, I, yeah, I think... It's just—it's been a long time, and for someone that like set the standard, at least statistically, it was just like okay, every week you would see him light up the box score. Now it's just like it's really been you know, almost two years in a way. Like we'll give him credit—he, you know, he had some moments in 2020, but it definitely wasn't the what we saw f- previously from 2016 to 2019. And I don't know, it just like dude, how are defense is going to cover him now. Like, can he? What's his explosiveness going to be like? Like, we really don't know,
1: and like, we don't know what he's like now with Jameis.
2: Yeah, that's a funky, like, that's a funky tandem. The
1: yeah. 30-30 guy.
2: Yeah, like, like well, how is Michael Thomas going to be if he only gets six, seven targets a game when he was accustomed to getting 12 to 14 because Breeze would pepper him? Now, there might be games where he only gets six, seven targets, and with him as receiver, he might struggle to get 50 yards, and that's going to knock him down. So I wonder, like, and then we all know the Sean Payton factor. So there's a lot of mystery there. I'm totally with you on that. Like, you know, can he prove to be a bigger influence than maybe outside box scores. His numbers are gonna take a hit. There's no doubt about it in this offense. But can he at least command double teams or open things up for Lave and Landry, etc.? You know, that'll be something to watch.
1: So my my storyline is what's good with Michael Thomas. The reason why he's my X Factor is because if he could be just a whole shit, number thirteen is there. Mm-hmm. Let's shift over our covers. Let's keep an eye out. Let's, you know, the. Yeah.
2: Does he strike fear? Yeah. That is to be determined. I don't think so, but. Because
1: then what's that going to do for Olave? Mm -hmm. What's that going to do for Camara out the backfield? What's that going to do for Landry also? Another guy we got to mention goes back home to LSU, Mm -hmm. right? Goes back to New Orleans to play with the Saints. So to me, I think Michael Thomas is a massive storyline and X Factor. That's why I combined it. I usually don't like doing Mm -hmm. that, but it it's kind of on brand with me to mention this because i i've been talking anytime we talk about the states it's like, yeah. good like you know it it wasn't that long ago where he was a, the top receiver in the league arguably or he was in that he combo. was in discussion
2: with with uh adams and hopkins and
1: julio yeah. remember at the time yeah julio twenty nineteen yeah. yeah so to me, it's just weird. He's had a weird career, man. He's had a weird career because you look at the start of it. You're like, holy shit, this guy's going to shatter so many yeah. records. Yeah.
2: At this point, he just needs to prove he could do it without Breeze and Payton because it, it does seem heavily influenced by that.
1: Since target data became available in 1992, Michael Thomas has the best catch percentage in a 1,500-yard season. This guy was like, you know, he, he… Automatic. 185 targets, bro, he had that year. What did Drew Brees throw the ball? 500 times? Like, that's yeah, insane. Yeah. Like, I got to look that up right I now. I mean, they based offense around him and Kamara. They're like a Drew Brees, mindset. 2019. I want to see how many pass attempts Drew Brees I, had.
2: I know, but I think by the second half of the season, Brees' arm was starting to fall off a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, we were always talking about, like, yo, yeah, he, he that don't that got That second it half no decline,
2: yeah, started in 2018, then we really saw in 2019, and then 2020 was
1: all over. Dude, 185 targets is steep, bro. Especially when Drew Brees told that, like I got it right here.
2: That's like 16 a game. Forget 12 to 14. That was like 16 a game.
1: Yo, did he miss time in 2019?
2: Thomas? No. Oh, oh Brees, I think he did because... Oh, that was uh, Geno Smith. No, it's Teddy no, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. God, that's when Brees hit his thumb on Aaron Donald's helmet. Wow. And uh, Saints went undefeated during their run. Which the
1: reason the reason why I mentioned that is because you, Breeze, in 2019, threw the ball 378 times. Yeah.
2: See, I think he was out for about five games.
1: Yeah, and they went 5-0. and oh. They went undefeated. Yeah. I'd have to check what Teddy Bridgewater threw, but still, like, 185 <laughs> targets. Is, yeah.
2: And, hey, counterpoint, like, okay, Thomas actually was still productive even without Breeze during that time because I still think he put up solid numbers with Bridgewater. Albeit Bridgewater definitely kind of suits his skill set. Because Bridgewater does not push the ball downfield.
1: Man, mm-hmm. what a what a player. What a weird career. Mm-hmm. And I think he's massive for their success. He's mad. If he comes back and he could be anything like he once was. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, right? Because we haven't seen him in so long. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to come back and then be that player still. Yeah. Especially if you're older. Now you had the injuries in the beginning. You didn't have
2: Because think about this. The last time he played, he didn't have a catch. It was against the Bucs in a divisional round game. They completely shut him out. And that was the end of Drew Brees' career in New Orleans, right? Yeah, which pretty much ended their Super Bowl. The window, uh, era. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yo, are they like the biggest what if team?
2: Saints, because they've had so many opportunities, and they've
1: had some like.
2: Yeah, we we've take, talked about this. Yeah, take
1: the machete to the heart and turn their shit losses.
2: I think, like in terms of like a era, they would. I don't know about one year because we've had a couple one years, but I think era wise, yeah, they would have to be the biggest what if because you look at you know we know about the Rams game, the Vikings. The Vikings game. Shortly yeah. after yeah. the only game where I thought they got really outplayed in was that second Vikings game, but remember they were like eleven point favorites. That Vikings team was like a pretty weak six seed, and and I just feel like when you go to New Orleans when in the playoffs, it's like all right, the Saints are playing home, they're gonna win this game. As long as the crowd is obviously there. It wasn't yeah. there when Tampa beat him. Right, right. And just right. for like them to lose to Kirk Cousins in
1: the dome, it was like, really? So Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I,
2: I remember people saying it was a push off. I'm like, man, ugh, well, come on, man. We you know those fades are always fifty fifty.
1: Can I give you another what if team? The Steelers. With Bell and A B and Big Ben. That's another really good one. And, and uh Martavis Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was always there would always be that stretch with those Pittsburgh teams where Le'Veon Bell would get hurt and miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then it was A.B. got hurt in the playoff game, missed the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then the one year that they had all three, they, Blake Bortles hangs 40-something points on them in Pittsburgh. <sighs> in the cold. Yeah. Right In the cold. It's, A.B. puts like eight for 160 and two touchdowns on uh, Jalen Ramsey. And A.J. Boy. A.J. Boye. Yeah.
2: It's like, wow, someone finally got at the Jaguars defense, and they still lost. They still
1: <laughs> lost, bro. Yeah. Uh, let's end it with your storyline. I
2: oh Man, this is kind of a lame duck answer, but I just feel like Tampa Bay has to be a storyline. I'm just wondering if Tampa Bay is going to get the one seed. Can they be that dominant team that we're all expecting? Because Tampa Bay has yet to get the one seed while Brady's been there. I know it didn't affect them last year, and you know, 2020 didn't affect anybody. But I, I do wonder if they don't get the one seed and, say, have to play a Green Bay or even have to play the Rams. Who knows? I just think, for Tampa Bay's sake, it would be nice for them to get the one seed. So I'm just wondering how Dominic they could be how they're going to play in the, the real tests, which is, you know, the first place teams, you know, because I don't think they're going to much tests in the NFC South. I know Dennis Allen has Tom Brady's number, but I fully expect, you know, Bucks should should beat the Saints. So I'm just wondering how dumb they're going to be. And I do think there is a, not a whole lot of pressure because, you know, he has experience, but Tom Bowles, how does he respond? Because I do think Tom Bowles, you look at it, probably most responsible for that playoff loss, you know, for how he ran a blitz there. In that scenario, and then had Cooper Cup match up on um, Antoine Winfield Jr., like, like, how can that matchup be at that time? Like, you just make sure they don't get in field goal range. Instead, look what happened. So I do think Top Bowles is going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So I just I think the storyline is how dominant can the Bucks be, and can they really be that 1C?
1: <clears throat> I want to read you their schedule. But I also want to mention that Tampa Bay is one of two teams in the NFL and i want you to guess who you think the other one is who's favored in 16 of their 17 games the only game they are not favored in is a pickem against the Dallas Cowboys in week 1
2: huh i mean that week 1 game last year was pretty close
1: so they're at Dallas at Saints home packers chiefs yo pretty they're going to get tested out the gates yeah all right, you got to go to Green Bay. You got to play the Chiefs. Like, Sorry, they're playing them at home. Excuse me. They're yeah. playing them at home. And then they play the Falcons at home, at Pittsburgh, at Panthers, home Ravens, Rams, home Seahawks. But that game is in Germany. Oh, yeah. They're playing in Munich. Bye yeah. week at Browns, Saints at Niners, home Bengals at Cardinals, home Panthers. Wow, this is a very tough
2: schedule. All right, maybe... Not gonna be quite as dominant. I didn't know. Wow, they have to play the Chiefs and the
1: Ravens. Oh man, they they got a tough and the Bengals.
2: Yeah, the uh, whole AFC North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that uh they got the Chiefs after that. Oh man, Oof. it's it, an interesting schedule, yeah. man. The
1: layout of it, but they have stretches where they have three straight home games, then three straight home games. One of them being in in, in, in Germany, Germany yeah. and then after the bye week, week twelve, it's. Away, home, away, home, away, home, away, home, the rest of the way. So, you know, the schedule, It's projected-wise, yeah. like the spreads, they're favored in all but one game, yeah. and that game is a pick too. 2 It also so, does help they
2: play Green Bay early because I think Green Bay— You want to play them early as opposed they, to, especially now it.
1: without, yeah. like Devontae. They have to adjust. And MVS and all this mm-hmm. shit, so. All right, man. This was fun. Thank you for your time, as always. Is there anything you need to plug, promote? Uh, is the end of the episode, I should yeah. Say. Uh, <laughs>
2: I wish I could announce it right now, but I can't, so okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to keep going. Oh,
1: is these, these secrets, I, I wish don't... I could. Nah, nah, <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. I'm in that in that boat, too. Yeah. But what's your social media? Uh,
2: Alan Sterk, A L L E N S T R K.
1: Veteransminimum.com is where you can find everything for this show. Go and check out the shop on there. We have the uh summer, summer hat line, I guess we can call it we got some hats on there for sale if you guys want to support the show there's the patreon the youtube everything you can find on there veteransminimum.com you can find me at nick day is 10 on social media and we will catch you guys next time